0: All right, welcome to Signing Day. Uh, Unfortunately for us, it was a very uneventful day, and that's usually a very good thing. Um, As a matter of fact, by about 10 o'clock this morning, we're already wrapped up. We're we're waiting for the Hawaiian Flash to send send his in, and other than that, we're already we're already done. Um, It's been an interesting couple of weeks. It's amazing how, in the technology-driven age, one tweet could cause mass pandemonium. But uh, things settled down pretty nicely, and I'm very pleased with how things have turned out. You know, there's several people that, uh, before we get going, that you know I want to um, put word out. You know, first of all, I think Rob Ayenel, as a current coordinator, did a wonderful job um, coordinating. All, all our efforts I mean, we had a lot of help our know, administrative staff was wonderful and a lot of the, you know the both the, the girls and, and the guys in the office you know did a, did a great job in support coaches they grinded you know although I wouldn't you, know, you guys feel sorry for Blasco I wouldn't feel so sorry for a kid was in his late 20s making a bunch of trips to Hawaii I think you're I mean, you and I don't have the same feelings on that. Um, but they we put in a lot of tread on our tires and went to a lot of different places and has apparently reaped the benefits of, of several fun young men to bring into our program. Um, some other people I think that deserve to be mentioned are all the people from campus who have helped us in our recruiting efforts. You know whether it's sports information, or the professors that every time we have we have visits, you know, they get involved and talk about the different curriculum, you know, things of the curriculum that we have. I think that's very, very cr- critical to a young man coming here. You know, our, our um, obviously our academic support staff and, and the wonderful job that you know, Paul Buskirk and his staff do over there. You know, Dr. Zanger and, and, Sean and George and you know all the administrators and the support that they give us and you know even you know people at the dining hall you bring them over there and you know you say this is what you're going to eat and they say yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about and as you know this was a very heavily top heavy junior college class and to, for them to see that they're living in Jayhawk Towers and eating at Burge I mean it. it is a very, very great impression on these young guys without us having to put any bells and whistles just show this is our everyday life, this is what we do. So there's a lot of people to thank there and, and I'm sure I'll miss some, but I just want to put a generic thank you out there to all the different people. Now I am gonna run through the players um, one by one and we'll have a little five play clip on each one. Um, in addition to that, there's a few other things that I'll talk about here at the, ver- at the very end, um, at the very end, and then I'll open it up for question and answers. Um, so we figured the best way to do this would just be to go alphabetically and um, make make a, a few uh, comments on each player. So we'll start with that. Well, Count Ash ends up being number one. You know, Manchester, Missouri, which basically is the St. Louis area. You know, we liked him from the beginning. We liked his his pass rush ability. You know, he played for Joe Rosewell, had a bunch of 66 tackles, 13 sacks. Um, He was a dynamic pass rusher, you know, enough to, you know, in that conference, in that district where there's a bunch of players, them to pick pick you up top. I think that's important, and on top of everything else, he earned earned uh, Missouri Class 6 1st uh, team all st- state honors the year before as well. I mean, this is the type of guy, athleticism that you need to play defense in the Big 12, and I think that that's 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 what we're looking for. Next young man, Joey Bloomfield. Um, obviously, you know we've all. Joey was very active on Twitter during this, this whole thing. When I mean, you read it, trust me, unfortunately, I have to read them all too. Um, but uh, Joey's from Louisville, um, um, Fallon High School, and the first-team All-Stater there in Kentucky, big man, 6'6", 300-plus, first-team All-State player for two straight seasons, captain for two straight seasons, played, played for Coach Jackson down there. On the honor all four years, and one award that he won this year. You know, certain things stand out for each one of us. One thing that stood out for me when he when he won the won the team's character award, because character means an awful lot to me, and uh, um, we're really glad to have him have him on board to get a young offensive lineman with this this type of potential. Andrew Bolton, you know, we'll talk about Tadarian here in a couple minutes. There are two guys from Hines. But uh, Andrew Bolton from Bolton, Mississippi, time for you guys to do the due diligence there and find out it was named after one of one his family members, of which there's only 500 people in the town, so the odds <laughs> are there's a chance. Um, went to Clinton High School and went down to Hines. Hines is really interesting. Now that I'm in this JUCO market, you go to Hines, the head coach. His special teams coach is his wife. His offensive coordinator is his son, and the academic su- support uh, uh, person is his daughter-in-law. It's a, it's it's a pretty good family business they have there. But they, I was very very impressed with Hines, and this guy, when you get when he gets here, you will be really really excited to see what you're looking at. I mean, he's ranked as the 91st player, 91st player in the country. I want to see who the other ones are. If he's 90, 91st now, some of them are on my list, of course. But I'd like to see I'd like to see 90 players that look look better than this guy. I'd have I'd have a tough time fathoming that to happen. So Coach Murphy and his, his whole entourage down at highest did a nice job with him. To Darian, we'll get to Darian in a little bit. 6'3", 280, He's every bit of that two eighty now, and he's a, and he's not a tackle. Be, it's kind of it's kind of be fun to watch a real man playing and, You know, it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, Rod Coleman, you know, from the Cincinnati area, uh, but now by way of Garden City Community College. Uh, they rank him as the 70th best player in the country. I'd like to see where the other ones are at, at, at the wide receiver position. I mean, you know, the kid averages over 100 yards a game. And, Averages 15 yards a catch and scores a bunch of touchdowns. I mean, he had 70 catches for over a thousand yards. I mean, tall, fast. He, uh, you know, he I, I really liked what he looked like. We played for Jeff Tatum at Garden City, and we were we were elated to be able to get him get him on board. Am I good? Okay. Now. My number one mouthpiece, Markwell Cones. Um, Markwell and I hit it off right from the start. You know, we established a really good relationship with Blasco, but you know, he had everybody in the free world recruiting him, and he really loved the process, but he really did a wonderful job for us. Once he jumped on board, he's ranked as the number one junior college player in the country, and it's easy to see why. He just dominates games. And they're playing against good players. It doesn't make a difference who they're playing against. You know, Coach Martinez you know, this group out there, and we'll talk about Jenkins more here in a little bit. But this guy only played one year of high school football. He only played one year of high school football. Now he goes to junior college, and a couple of years later, you know, he's as the top guy coming out. And I really like this kid, and he did a wonderful job for us in recruiting. Once he jumped on board... Yeah, he's not here yet, let me just clarify all of your Q and A's now, okay? We've had this conga line of different times that people finished junior college. For example, Chris Morton just finished, because he, he took a test, but it, it had to be proctored, and then it had to be sent, and it had to be graded, and then it had to be cleared, and he just got in school. So, no, Combs isn't on campus yet. No, Fondle's not on campus yet. And, and do I know exactly when they're going to be here? No, I don't know that either. But welcome to the world of junior college recruiting. Okay, so they will be here. Okay, you will see them on the field when we play in September. I can't exact tell you exactly when they're going to be there, but they are the only two of this list that they are physically not present at this time. Okay, he told me to tell everyone hello and he, misses you. he wishes he was here to speak to, with you today. And believe it or not, you can imagine him saying that. Okay, Montel Cozart, you know, we've obviously brought in two freshman quarterbacks. I'm going to talk about them back to back. You know, Montel played at the age during Kansas City, originally for Tim, and then Coach Holmes took over. You know, I really like Montel. Knows it. You know, all-state football player, he's a heck of a basketball player, too. He can throw it, he can run. Okay, and a lot of times see a guy, all of a sudden, well, he's, he's just going to be a running quarterback. He could sling it all over the place. He even had bigger numbers junior year than he did senior year. But when you walk into a school and watch, you know, a quarterback being treated like a five-piper, that's always a good thing. Everyone in the school wants to be around him, and that's that special something I'm always talking about at the quarterback position. You know, besides the fact he had great production, he's a great kid. Um, I like the fact that watching the way when I went to the school, how everyone kind of gravitates to him. Jordan Darlin didn't have that same uh, opportunity that Montel had because he was in four different schools in four different years. You know, KD in the Sports Information Department came up with some interesting things. I know he played for Coach Sherman this year, but, you know, he he moved around, you know, his mom's in the military, and he's known, he's known, he threw for over a thousand yards in three different states. I mean, now that isn't a stat that you really like to know, but, you know, when you're a military kid and you move around from place to place, he was in four different schools, in four different years, and he's a big kid, strong kid, good arm. And you know, uh, this year he, he moved over here back to Overland Park and went to Shawnee Mission East. And um, like you said, played for Coach Sherman. We're happy to have him here. Uh, Sampson, um, Fifeili. Uh, his father I wanted to make sure I got that pronounced right because the pronunciation guard, guide is actually wrong. Okay, so I got the last minute change to make sure I said it right. He's at American River um, um, out there in California. You know, he's from Taylor's River, Utah. Um, you know, it was interesting. I really enjoyed get- hitting these junior colleges because I haven't been in them before. You know, he playing for uh, Jerry Halflick uh, there at American River. Now, here's a kid. You know, had over 100 tackles in his two years there, and tackles for loss and sacks. And then as a freshman, he started both ways now. He started both as a, as a running back and as a linebacker his, 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 freshman, his freshman year. You know, in high school, he was an All-American linebacker. I mean, here's a guy that you could just as easily start as a, as a fullback or a single back runner as you could as a linebacker. I mean, he's... Six feet, 240 pounds, and he's all over the field and plays um, with a reckless abandon. and we're, we're happy to have him here. Um, he's not here yet, obviously, he'll be here in the summertime. Um, he's finishing up Juco. Um, Zach, um, I think a lot of people, a lot of you are going to really grow fond of Zach in a, in a hurry. He's a big man. Okay, he's 6'5, pushing 6'5 at least pushing 300 pounds, um, Pasadena, Texas there and the Houston area, it's interesting, because my one day out there, when you're the head coach, you only get one day, so, I had a went to visit him at Navarro, which is closer to Dallas, and then I had to go down to Houston, to go visit his mom, all the same day, and then, you know, some of those days get a little bit hectic, but, um, they had a really good football team. He was the anchor of their team, you know. Played for Coach Meathur down there and, and, and at Navarro. Um, and he'll be here shortly. I can't tell you exactly, when it, it might be June, might be sooner. <coughs> like I said, welcome, welcome to my world. Um, okay, Nalo Fusi Malu Fusi Malobi. Okay, I'm proud of that one too thank you Katie he's ranked as the 90th best prospect in the country I'd like to see those offensive linemen better ahead of him too I mean there's a guy who's a very quiet guy who gets on the field and he's a mean nasty ornery offensive lineman just the ones I like just like that okay the guys that you don't, know, very polite off the field, don't say too much. You get on the field and you're a different type of player. He's three, 6'3, 300, he from California, Neva City, uh, Jefferson High School, and then went to City College of San Francisco, same school as Chris Morton, who we'll be talking about it shortly. Played for Coach Rush. Coach Rush really has it going on out there. Uh, he has a very well run program out there. U.C. San Francisco. Colton Goaz, knows, um our last guy in from Hawaii, from St. Louis High School. Um, Colton's another guy who's rushed for over a thousand yards as a runner. Okay, but you know, uh, or, uh, as well as being you know a kingpin as uh, a linebacker for St. Louis and being and being your best pass rusher on top. Uh, he's he's, he's built really. He's six foot two, two hundred forty five pounds. You know his dad Leo played in the NFL for eight years. You know, and, uh, good breeding. I asked him if he had any any eligibility left when he was here on a visit. I think that uh, Colton is the first of many Hawaiian Samoan Tongan players that Kansas will end up having on their roster over the years. I think we're starting to to make some ground. And we have a very, very positive reputation over in the islands. And you can think about places in the country where people are going to have to fly to go somewhere. So they're going to have to fly across the Pacific. No matter where where they're going, they might as well come all all the way to Kansas. And I think that he's the first of many that we'll be getting from that area. Shmuel Hyman, wide receiver out of Manalpa, New Jersey, St. John Vianney High School. You know, obviously I have a uh, fondness for New Jersey players, and he was one of the best ones. You know, uh, he was banged up some of his senior year. You, know, you can see when he plays in the Chesapeake Bowl where he gets the MVP, plays the international bowl that was on TV last night. I mean, this guy, this guy's got loads of potential. Okay, He's fast. Okay, catch okay, he's got straight line speed. And you know, one thing that I felt that we've been missing at, the, at this position is, is some players that are six feet tall or higher that can run real fast, and he, he's one of them. Um, I really feel good about the prospect of, of Ishmael Hyman. Um, next is Marcus jenkins Moore, you know, obviously another Coach Martinez prospect. You know, he's a 57th-rated JUCO player. I'd like to see the guys ahead of him, too. He was one of the first ones on board, and one of the initial ring leaders. And you know, he made a commitment when everyone wanted him. Everyone wanted this kid. Everyone wanted this kid. And he jumped on Kansas, and he stood true to form. Of course, he played with everyone here a week or so ago, you know, causing mass pandemonium. And I told him, you know, starting with payback, right? Well. I've already let him clearly know that payback is yet to come. Um, you guys can do it on your own, have your own fun, but trust me, mine will be a lot worse. Um, he's a true field linebacker. that can play in space. Doesn't force you to go ahead and have to bring a DB in all the time to match up with the teams that we're playing with in the Big 12. And I think, I think that this guy is going to, and his athleticism is going to show up almost as much as his leadership. He's a natural leader, okay, he's got it, okay. He's one of those guys where it just kind of stands out. And, you know, um, you that dynamic duo coming from school together out there. I think that that would be a good thing. You know, ben Johnson, one of the first guys to jump on board from Bayshore. You know, Ben was about 150 when we started recruiting him saying that sarcastically. You know, he was thin. Now he's a good 230 already. He'll probably, I, he'll, he'll weigh at least 250 by the time he leaves, maybe more. I mean, the way he's gaining weight, he reminds me a lot of Kyle Rudolph, to be perfectly honest with you. When I started recruiting Kyle Rudolph, he weighed 215. Okay, and now he's a couple of cheeseburgers away from being a left tackle. You know, you know he's uh He's, he's got a big frame, okay, several of these guys are hoops players, but you know, he's in this team wins the state championship in basketball, is all-state football, playing for Coach Hopkins over there, a bunch of touchdowns. In the last couple of years, he played defense, has over 100 tackles, has, has seven and a half sacks, playing defensive end. Uh, no, we're not playing the defensive end, we're playing the tight end. You know, a National Honor Society guy, just the type of guy that you look for at this position in this offense. Um, Isaiah Johnson is one of the ones who kept things interesting here in the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, you know, beside the fact that, you know, he's a natural safety player for Coach Struggle there at, you know, Iowa Western. You know, Iowa Western goes in and goes undefeated. You know, and well, this kid interesting because he started off at Western Carolina, and he transferred. Uh, where? But he was hurt. Okay, so he missed the whole year. So the year doesn't. So it's a redshirt year. So then he goes to Iowa Western. So we really have three for three with this kid right here, which is a great position for us to be in. You know, we're not you know not kind of rushed. Now he can come in here and get ready to play. And I think at this position with the void we have here will be a, a welcome addition to that safety position for us. When I talked about you know, Bolton before, Tedarian, and uh, Darian and Bolton are very, very, very close friends. Uh, they're like Oscar and Felix now. So when you meet the two of these guys, they're nothing alike, but they mesh very, 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 very well together. He's from Jackson, went to Hines, and went to Muranna High School, you know, here's an honorable mention, you know, all-state Mississippi. Now, Mississippi has a bunch of junior colleges. There's a bunch of them. Okay, so when you get mentioned there, there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys that are down there playing football. But this school you know, that I was very impressed with when I'm saying, Hines, I was impressed because they, you know, they had their academics in order. And this kid is a very bright young man play him playing for Coach Murphy and and that whole, that whole entourage and he's already he's a mid-year he's already here and gives us a, another good healthy frontline guy to get ready to go with this spring. Chris Martin um, he comes here 064260 he's probably a little lighter than that right now. He'll probably do that by the time we play come down as City College of San Francisco. Grandview High School is a little bit misleading because he bounced around his last couple of years of high school. I've been involved with in this kid forever. Now he's ranked as the thirteenth best two co kid. He's a he's a pass rushing dude. And as you saw us play games last year, one of the things we definitely lacked was that dynamic pass rusher. Well he's a pass rushing dude. I've known him since he's a sophomore in high school He committed to me on this day, his junior year of high school, then I proceeded to get fired uh, the next year, so he decommitted and went on his, you know, entourage of schools he's been to, but um, it all came around to him coming and visiting and me and him sitting down, I know his his folks very well, and you said he still had a little work to do academically, which just got cleared up, you know, days ago, you know, so he's finally enrolled full-time, and, and we're happy to have him settled in and ready to go and bring some well-needed pass rush to our team. Dexter McDonald, we're, well, we're very happy to get back. You know, Dexter left after being here and went over to Butler, and they tapped him as the 80th best player in the country, and he's just a natural in the secondaries. You know, all we'll know that you know he was came right out of here Rockers, where he was all state. You know, but you know here, you know he, he comes out, he comes out, comes back. You know, and you know he sat here with his folks, and we sat there and talked about the experience he had had, and where we are right now. And he jumped on board, and like all you numbers gurus have, have figured out. I've been trying to hide one spot, but you guys are too smart for me. So so yes, yes, he doesn't count as an initial. He counts on your 85, doesn't count as an initial, and yes, we could go up to 28 players if we wanted to. I will talk about that a little bit here at the end as well. Um, but we expect Dexter to compete right away in secondary. Ty McKinney was the person we were talking about. Last year at this time, you know, this was the big mystery. What's happening uh, with, with Ty? Well, Ty's here and healthy and he's in great shape. Um, you know, he's, he originally at one time was way up there weight-wise. He looks 305, 310, running around real well, you know, coming, coming out of Weatherford, You know, he was at Trinity Valley and Zion Academy. You know, he played for Coach Smiley down there. This is one of those big muchachos you want inside of your defense that's very disruptive. And you know, we wanted him for last year, you know, it didn't didn't work out. He went and took some classes. He really appreciated me, you know, getting him out taking classes while he wasn't here. But uh, I think you'll see another big disruptive player uh, going to our defense and you were hearing that more times, you know, another front line player, another frontline player, another disruptive player. I think our defense is going to have a, a massive overhaul of who's playing from last year to this year if you just keep on hearing the message I would send in as we go through this conversation. Trevor Pardula, a lot of you don't know as much about him other than the fact that he's a putter and a kicker, okay, but we do our due diligence too. We don't just look at the you know 41-yard average he had on punts or the fact that he can kick off. You know He goes to kicking camps, and we're wired into these kicking camps. And this kid was, when we were looking for a guy who could punt and kick, the number one prospect we came back with was this kid right here. And most people don't go out and scholarship guys, and they can come and walk on and earn a scholarship. But as you saw our kicking Last year problems well documented and I felt that, you know, we couldn't afford to do that. You know, uh, we couldn't afford to come back and not have contenders to improve our our kicking game. So I think that we're counting on Trevor to be a, to come in here and contend to be potentially one andor both of those do one and or both of those jobs. Cash has and another JUCO prospect coming in there, ranked 59th in the country, playing for Coach Minick out there at Arizona Western. That's another school that's got it going on down there. I mean, it takes a, it takes a while to find Yuma now, and once you get there, this guy's got a heck of a program, a bunch of players going out every every year. And Cassius is one of those ones. Yes, he was named after Cassius Clay. His father was a big boxing fan. And That's why he named him Cassius. I call him Mohammed, obviously, because you know, I have to get my nickname kind of off the bat, you know. Uh, but uh, this guy, besides being a front line player and a physical, and having all sort all sorts of, uh, of stats, another thing that comes into play is he is a natural leader with with big character and big intelligence, and. Too many times in junior college, you get these guys stereotyped like, well, they all went there because they couldn't read and write. Yeah, trust me, when you talk to Cashers, you'll know that's not the case. And he's a very impressive young man. I, you know, I like everything about, like everything about him. I'm glad he's here. I'm glad he's here right now competing with our team. Um, a recent five-alarm fire was Kevin Short. Um, uh, Kevin you know from, is there from from over here from you know Hazelwood you know, high school Hazelwood Central High School there in Missouri and Fort Scott Community College uh, ranked as the 69th best JUCO prospect you know, first team all-American playing for Coach Horton you know, also a, also a return guy on top of it um you know uh yes over the cold feet and was thinking about uh, you know going to another school but once once coach Bowen and I had a chance to sit down and talk to him for about 30 minutes that you know that fire was put out you know, Coach Bowen now you can officially call him five alarm that's his new nickname um, but uh, you know I think that once we just got a chance to answer some questions to both him as well that one was resolved. Kevin's now a footballing guy now. You think of the type of corners that we brought in here and the safety depth we brought in here, the secondary. You you talk about all those guys leaving from last year. Well, you got a bunch of really good football players coming in here that are that aren't high school kids that are ready that are ready to rock and roll. I mean, they're they're ready to come in here and get involved. Another guy who fits that bill's is Mike Smithberg, another another Iowa Western guy, Brian um, Kostrowiak. You know, the team goes 12 0, and you, know, you you're you're moving the ball up and down the field. The thing I really liked about Smithberg, and just like Nalo, he was one of those tough, nasty inside players who could play center and or guard if you needed him to. So. I, I expect him to be contending to be a front line player right off the bat and I expect him to put I expect him to push for a starting position at center angle. <coughs> um, we're really happy to get him another 6'3, 300 pound guy, uh, with, with, with good inside strength. And you know, he's here. He's really happy to be involved in our conditioning program. He was, he was looking for the garbage pails yesterday, but um, and this is the type of player, you know. These are the type of offensive linemen. I like offensive linemen with defensive mentalities. So that's what I like. I don't like passive offensive linemen. And I think that we we really want to bring in some of the guys. We put in here. Uh, now Colin Spencer. Yes, I can talk about Colin Spencer. No, he couldn't sign a letter of intent. When you're a high school kid that comes out early, you sign. The day you matriculate into school, your clock starts ticking. Okay, so just so we all understand, it's the grant aid triggers it, paying money, paying money uh, for your admission. But the day you start school, you matriculate into school, your clock starts ticking. So um, on the 22nd, when that happened, you no, know, that's when it officially takes place. You'll notice that there was one school where a guy flipped. On a Saturday, on a Sunday, on a Monday, he started school in another place. Because it's when you start school. So, yes, he's here. He's listed down as a defensive back. Uh, with my recent conversations with Short and, and those guys, and where I'm going to position those guys on defense. Um, I moved Spencer yesterday. We weren't really sure whether this spring we were going to start him as a corner or as a running back. But... Um, you know, we decided we would go ahead and start him as a running back after our conversations. One of the reasons why is Marquise J- Jackson, which I'm not talking about uh, our, our normal guys, but Marquise Jackson is going to be going on medical um, and he won't be playing anymore. So with that taking place, I didn't want us to get thin at running back. So this moving column is kind of like taking that spot on my depth chart because this year I was going to take no running backs I was going to take no running backs at all in, in this class but with uh, Marquise uh, going on medical I will, I will move Colin over to that spot Mark Thomas not enough, enough of you know enough about Mark Thomas yet playing for Coach Gilliam out there at Nassau but I can tell you Nassau and ASA that those two schools out there in New York are two schools we're going to be frequenting uh, from here on out because there's a bunch of good players at more of the Eastern, the ACC, you know, the Big East. Those schools kind of, you know, uh, core to the market and we're kind of in that market. You know, Rob's over there, uh, you know, being a, a, New, Yorker, a New Yorker by well, growing up and we're involved in a lot of those schools. We liked Mark as much as anybody right from the start. When you sit there and watch tape, there's certain guys that just uh, stand out to you. And another thing about Mark besides he was another six-footer over 200, was he was very fast. And, you know, the guys here that were very fast were very small. So it's one thing when when you're really small and fast... It's different when you got some size and fast, and that's what we really liked about. Uh, what we really liked about Mark Thomas. Okay, uh, the last person I am going to mention, I am going to mention the subject of walk-ons more, is Michael mesh uh, Michael Mesh was uh, from Hutchinson. Okay, in Trinity, Trinity Catholic. Okay, he is going to play for Coach Rhodes. He is going to come here as a preferred walk-on. You know, he's an all-American type kicker, a great percentage of kicks and extra points and everything else. You know, now Michael is coming here to, to, win, the, to win the job as, as our place kicker. That's why he's coming here. You he's not been guaranteed anything as none of these guys have, but I think that he has a very good opportunity for that to happen. Um, he'll, he'll have every opportunity to go ahead and do that. Um, he knows what the, what the situation is and because he's such a good kicker and we were only in a scholarship one and Perdula was it because I needed somebody with versatility you know I told him that you know Ron would be here for another year when Ron leaves I'll probably replace that spot with, a, with another specialist and I said if we had a legitimate guy winning one of these jobs that were here there's a good chance that that person would be that guy that we ended up putting on scholarship. Now, the reason why I can mention this and not mention some other guys is there's a whole process of eligibility that takes place, whether kids are preferred walk-on or regular walk-on, where if I, for example, if you call a guy and it more than one time, okay, if you call a guy more than one time and then they come to your school and they play, even if you're not scholarship you have to count them under 85. Okay, so you can only initiate one phone call. Okay, you can't initiate any more than that, and you can't have a, an official visit. Well, Michael and his dad came on an unofficial visit at their expense. Okay, and we didn't initiate, uh, you know, initiate more than a phone call because that would have started his clock ticking. But because Michael's already done what he needs to do, get into school. You know, put it, you know, apply and all the other things financially he needs to do. I can speak about him. There's other guys that you guys have read about recently that they've come out and and said what their intent is, they're coming too, just I can't talk about it. So, yes, there's some really good players and more than the ones you've read about because some of the other guys that are coming, you just didn't go on Twitter or didn't put it out there. Other schools didn't put it out there, but there's more than just Michael that are coming into the same position. You know, <coughs> we provide a unique opportunity because most people can see themselves getting into the mix. So even though we might have a spot, right now you'll notice that number that I gave you total of 25 scholarship players leaving three spots. Yes, we have action going on. No, I can't talk about it. Okay, the action won't happen in days, but I definitely have action going on. Um, remember now, for each spot that I fill, that's one, that's one less potential guy I can take next year. Okay, this morning, just to elaborate for, the, for you recruiting gurus, okay, this morning I laid out a three-year recruiting plan for our staff. Because you have to factor in, now that when you get into junior college kids, you have to factor in years when you're going to get a large number of seniors all hitting at the same time. So that you never get your numbers dwindling where you get into a position where you're behind the eight ball. So I laid out a three-year plan at every position on the entire team. So we didn't just cover this year. We covered next year. We covered a year after that. Leading into the year after that, so for those of you who've written me off and said I'm going to be here for you know a short period of time, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Okay, um, with the tapes getting in so early this morning, the other thing that was able to happen is we were able from 10 o'clock on to spend the day watching junior tape and junior college tape of, of freshmen or first should I say first year junior college players. Um, so that we can get a head start. As you know, we have a junior day coming up next, next Saturday, and I want to make sure that any guy who comes in here that I've watched tape on before they come in to make sure I know exactly what we're, what we're talking about. So that's where we are. You know, I think I'm uh, giving you as much of an in-depth uh, update as I can, and I'll open it up at this time for some question and answers right after I take a little sweat.
1: Coach, last year it was, you were very vocal about the positions you were looking for, especially defensive line. This year it's more of a mixed bag. Did you have a position or a couple positions you were focusing more on, or was it just kind of this kind of what you ended up with? Well, uh, we,
0: we decided that we were going to take one or two quarterbacks. We were going to take one tight end. We were going to take no running back. Okay, we were going to take, try to take five offensive linemen. Okay, we were, going to, we, were going to take, we were going to take three or four wide receivers. Okay, in the defensive secondary, we were going to take four or five. At the linebacker, we wanted to take three. Okay, and the rest of the guys were going to be defensive linemen, throwing in a kicker into the mix. So realistically, if you look at the numbers, all those numbers we were taken. You know, there wasn't one number that wasn't attained with a guy that we feel is a quality player. Now, with those three numbers that are left, like last year we took some guys, we wouldn't take some of the guys we took last year at this point. For example, if it was a college, if we were taking a, a college graduate, we're bringing in a guy in that we think could start. I mean, be a difference maker. So right now, if, if you told me this guy's going to come in, he graduated from this college, he can come in here and he could be a starter I'm, I'm listed okay but other than that I'm not really listed um, if we' a junior college kid at this point I'm not inclined to take him unless he had more than more than two years of eligibility so like, when you say well we've already scoured the junior college market I'm not you know what I would do though if a guy had three years of eligibility left you know it's totally different than he has two years of so, I feel good that we've, we've filled every hole numerically with guys that we think are are, are pretty good players. Do we have a couple opportunities uh, out there? Yeah, and, and one or two of them are pretty good opportunities, but you have to let it be traceable.
2: It's too early to know where you helped yourself the most. I mean, it sounds like secondary, D line, you got to see them play first, but.
0: Well, if you look at the volume of front line guys, Frontline junior college guys on the defensive side of the ball. You, know, you can have a whole bunch of starters coming out of that group. I mean, look at the, the secondary alone. Right. Uh, I mean, defensive line. I, mean, I, I don't want to downplay anyone because they all—they're all in the mix. I mean, there's. Offensive line, obviously, we need we needed to bring in at least three Juco guys. That was our intent, to bring in at least three Juco guys. We're only running for guys. Would we have taken another one? Yeah, we would have taken another one. So, if another one would have come to play, we would have taken another one. But you know, we're not going to win them
2: every day. Yeah, with that in mind, I mean, there's so much of an advantage of you being here and your staff being here for year two. If you've got a whole bunch of new starters like that, is it is it year one and a half then, or are they?
0: Oh, no, no, no. Especially because well, a lot of them are here already. Yeah. That yeah. Helps. Okay, and not the fact that you know there's going to be tweaks in what we do on offense and defense anyway that everyone's going to have to learn. Okay. I mean, I've I've had a couple of months now to study our team, and, and it wasn't just the offense I studied. I studied our special teams. I studied our our offense instead of our defense. Now the staff already knows I don't know if the night and staff on where what direction we're heading. But uh, I told them we'll get to Monday and then we'll start worrying about fixing the problems of football. You know, it, you know, today it was let's just worry about recruiting and then come Monday we'll start fixing the problems football-wise. Okay. Uh, you said a couple times this is new for you. How did you learn about college? Well you gotta be flexible. That's, that's one thing because every school is different. I mean, there's some schools you walk in, this is the academic advisor, this is the person who this is the person who, who's in charge of the graduate office they control the A degree. This is the person, you know, there's some schools you walk in and it's a mini-version of us. Other schools, you walk in and it is a fire drill. And you talk to somebody, you come back the next time that person might not even be working there anymore. I mean, so you really, you really, you're really grinding. You're really grinding. And sometimes, you know, from the, from the outside, you're looking at it saying, "Well, this is a problem. So and so is not this, and so and so is not that." Trust me, I'm doing everything with both. Paul Busker can David. I'm doing everything with both with academics and compliance. I don't do anything on my own. I do everything to, like a team where we all work together, where we say this is the <coughs> best way to do it, this isn't the best way to do it, because it's important <coughs> to know this. like the date, the, the stop date for when you can enroll in the class isn't close to it happening yet. Okay, but once the date where the kid's better off not coming and staying in junior college so he doesn't get too far behind in a semester, where now you're, you're fighting so far behind. know, we've all taken classes before. You come into class a month down and now you're trying to play catch up. Sometimes it's better off holding them and just saying, okay, come in June, when it's a more natural break. It's not always just exactly as it looks like on the surface. There's a lot of underlying factors there but you have to be flexible you have to go in and you have to do your due diligence and the rules are changing this year too because now going into this year the academic requirements are going to change okay for for example next year's junior college class to be eligible okay they need to have at least a 2.5 grade point average well that's what the transfer rules are in the state of kansas with it, you can get a guy in in the state of Kansas. Okay, the junior colleges, you could probably get a guy able less than that. But now nationally, Kansas included, okay, they need to have more than a two five. But if a kid has a two three, for example, which is low, but say a two three and he's a stud player, okay, you can bring him in, but you can't play him. You got to sit him. For but why would you take a guy if he didn't have three years to play too because now you're bringing in a guy to sit for a year and only have one year to play so I mean the whole nature of this business you have to be flexible and understand the due diligence of what you're doing because each school is different there's not one of them is the same not one of them Coach to uh, elaborate on your intent to recruit the Highlands um, what- What's kind of the key for you to not only get them across the Pacific, but get them past the Rocky Mountains and all those schools that are in between? Is is scheduling Hawaii part of that equation at all? Trust me, I'm working on that, too. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll throw that out there. That that has already been presented, but that's a a whole other subject. Okay, but the whole thing is when you're sitting over in Hawaii, you're saying, you're already going this far. What difference does it make to go that much further? I've already used that tact in the past and really it, it wherever they go is really irrelevant because they're already gonna to have to go on a long flight okay so they've already they've already packed it in they're going on a long flight so to be honest with you the, the mentality in the islands is not like anywhere in the United States those kids will go anywhere okay anywhere where they trust you okay because the bottom line it's a it's a very Family-oriented menta- mentality. They have to feel they're part of the family.
2: Is that the reason for your reputation over there? Trust from the past.
0: Well, when you've done when you've done people right, when you follow exactly what you said you were going to do, people notice that. You know, when you tell people this this is you know I'm going to tell you exactly the way it is, and that's the way it turns out. Then you go over there, and they trust you. And if they don't trust you, you really, you really want the best chance. Yeah. You now, obviously, kids get impressed by a lot of different things. But you, the door for us, when we go over there, the door's <coughs> already open. We don't have to work our way in the door. We're already in the door. It's just a question of whether we can get them to come or not.
1: You had 18 Juco code transfers this this class. You talked to her earlier about. Uh, have laying out a three-year plan. I mean, does that taper off at some point? Those numbers and Juco guys and maybe start focusing more on. That's a great high question.
0: Scores? Absolutely, you have to go. You have to work this way. And then would you want to work where you're taking less Juco guys and more high school guys? Okay. Now we all know that there are there's multiple holes to fill here. That's no big secret. But you you only hit those guys for two years. Most of them for two years. A couple of them for three years. So you have to be concerned with your numbers. If you kept taking Duke guys, you're going to be sitting there with 70 guys on scholarship. Because all of a sudden, year 35 seniors are going to hit. Well, guess what, you only take 25. If you took 25 a year before, how are you going to replenish them? Okay, so that's why I had to lay out for the staff you know, look, here's who we're losing next year. Okay, here's who we're losing the year after that. Okay, here's the, number seven. Here's the numbers that I have to follow. For, for example, you might next year only lose a few DBs. I'm going to give you a, an example on my board. You're only going to lose, lose a few DBs from next year's team. But you're going to take more than you're going to lose. Because the following year, you're going to lose five of them so you can't just look at it one year at a time you're going to look at the next year too because you might not have spots for five of them the next year so you replenish some of them this year so that next year when you lose five okay you only have to pick up three instead of picking up five so that all factors in your numbers next year and the year after did you have any reservations about junior college players perhaps even Preconceived reservations that you had to reconcile yourself in order to take this many in one class. I'm going to answer that in two parts. I'm going to factor my wife in this answer too. Okay, and I am too. I'm a great part of First of all, you had to make sure that we're okay with the school. You know that we're okay with acad- you know, academics. We're, we're okay, you know, with compliance. That you know because. With this being flexible and having these different sets of circumstances, you need a lot of people doing legwork for you that you can't do anything about. Like I'm not the academic, I'm not the academic guy, I'm not the compliance guy. So you have to lean on them, and you're asking for them to do a lot more work than they normally would have had to do in the past. So that's the first thing you have to do. You have to feel comfortable that you're all on the same page, which I do feel comfortable. If they say, don't mess with that guy, like there was one guy, there's one player that uh, several people in this room say, I hope we can get him. We couldn't touch him with a 10-foot ball. He has no chance of making here academically. So I can't come out and say who that is. Oh, I hope he gets so-and-so, I hope he gets so-and-so. There's not a chance. We had to let the kid go. It wasn't that we couldn't have gotten him. He never would have had a chance to graduate here. So, why would you ever bring in a kid in Kansas that has no chance to graduate? Well, then you're being a hypocrite. And the second thing, good, I get the fact of my wife in here. I hope you're listening, honey. <laughs> okay, one of her big things with me when we talk about, like, when I was at Notre Dame versus going to the NFL was you're counting on 18-year-old kids that you're recruiting versus men when you go to the NFL. Well, you kind of get a happy medium here now. You're not dealing. with, These aren't 18-year-old kids. These guys have been weathered. These have have already had a little have a had a little little bit of a rough life. You know, everything hasn't been handed to them. In junior college, it isn't like you're treated like you're an 18-star. You're a guy going going to one of the best schools in the country. You know, you're going to a junior college. So you've paid the price now for a couple of years. They're much more grown up. They've got it figured out. Physically, they're more developed. They're more ready for the real world. So it's that happy medium between the 18-year-old kid, okay, and the 23-year-old young man. It's that happy medium in between. Whereas if you're taking nothing but high school kids, okay, even the highest-rated guys. There's only a couple of them that ever end up playing as freshmen. The rest of them are over, over there on the bench with me. What is that going to do me? We you say, well, well, go develop them, we'll go develop them for who? The next coach? <laughs>
2: you
0: know, I'd rather be coaching the ball players myself, if you don't mind. Okay, so that's why that's why we take take this tact. <clears throat> How different is Dexter McDonald, even though he didn't play for you his first time in the KD? Well, I think that he realizes, you know, when you leave a place, you want to blame it, everything on the place. You know, everything is their fault. You know, nothing, you know, no one wants ever blame things not working out in themselves. But I think that, I think he's, he's been, hum, he's been humbled some where he has a greater appreciation, a greater appreciation for you know, where the program is right now and really believes that he can contribute both on and off the field. Once again, it's different now. He's not an 18-year-old kid anymore. It's really different. Now he's coming and he gets it. You know, he's ready to go. Look at, you know, he left here, you know, with a bitter taste. And, you know, he's one of the happiest people we have around here. And I think that, I think it'll pay huge residual dividends. Coach, a year ago you said you didn't have enough fingers to... Plug in the holes. How much do you think this class helps free up some fingers and fill those holes? How much? What did do you s- think this class helps fill in some of those holes and free up your fingers? Well, uh, after <coughs> leaning our recruiting board out, now that you know you get to 25, kids, throw, throw mesh in for 26, and a couple of the other walk ons in areas that you needed another real body. That doesn't include more kids that we just had our walk-on tryout yesterday and we got another eight or so kids that we're going to bring on for spring ball in addition right there. Okay, now all of a sudden your numbers are such where you have more depth across the board. I mean, look at the secondary last year. How many guys would, you no know, the secondary didn't play, great, but how many guys would you have played last year? I mean, would you have had any confidence in going out there and playing? Well, that's going to be different now. I mean, we talked about dime. You know what dime is? Yes. Dime is six DBs. That word never even was uttered last year. We were trying to get four to be out there. Okay, but yesterday we talked about dime. And we talked about quarter. And quarter is seven DBs. You know, we talked about these packages. And I said, you know, these are things in the springtime, you know, we might practice with, with some guys that won't, we, won't be using, you know, we won't be using because the other guys aren't here yet. That's the first time we were able to have these conversations where you can go out on third down where they want to put four to five wide out there, put a whole bunch of DBs out there, and now have no matchup problems. Where if you, when you're matched up with nickel against five wide receivers, You've got a linebacker covering a wide receiver, you're, you know, you got a bad, you got a bad, you got a bad deal. Is there any, this may be. Giving you football your this is great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this may be an unfair question, but I'm kind of curious Probably. to see your answer, but is there any one player that you're more excited about or any one guy that will have more of an effect on what either you or coach Campo can do with your game plan?
0: There's so many of them, you know, it really would do, wouldn't do would do justice, you know, to, to single out anyone. From your standpoint, you want more quality here. No, no not so much from my standpoint, from you. I gave you Ragon last year. I did it <laughs> right on the head. Okay? So from your standpoint, you guys all want more well here. That's all I'll tell you. Okay? You know, um... Each and every one of these kids right here, I'm happy we have. There isn't one kid saying, God, I wish we would have gotten that kid over him. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with every guy on that list.
1: What about like freeing you up to do some more things, like as far as impact right off the bat? I mean, Is there any one guy that you think would stands out for <coughs> another?
0: Well, I think that so many of those guys on defense are going to be playing. I mean, they're not just coming in. These guys are coming in and playing. Personnel wise, the overall defense is going to be dramatic. You know? I don't think it's going to be slight. I don't think it's going to be dramatic. Absolutely. And the best part is, I think it's going to be solid, solid for the years.
1: You talked a lot about how Coach Campo was really down last year, how his job was really difficult. Is he is he pretty happy today?
0: Well, I've, I've tried to, I've spent some time with the defensive staff here in the last few days, you know, trying to. Give them an off offensive perspective of how I envision things should change for our defense. You know, to to make it a little easier. But when today, came, came and you start plugging different players into that vision. You know, things became a lot easier with with, with all our all position coaches on defense. Campo and everyone else all feel better today. You got all these recruiting systems I and mean, everything. You got the three stars. You got the four stars. You got the two stars, and, and everybody kind of says you can throw that out the window once you get these kids in here. I mean,
1: where, where is, from your perspective, with how good you feel about this this recruiting class here,
0: how quickly can things change, either up or down, once you get these kids here? I think recruiting classes are based off of high school seniors. That's exactly what I think. I don't think any. I don't think one recruiting <coughs> system really is factoring in. A junior college player playing at the top of the game right now. I'll give you Combs for example. Okay, now, Combs the low list as a four-star player. Well, how could the number one player in the country not not be rated with the most stars? Because they're rating him based off of what he was in high school, not what he is right now. Okay, so that's why there's been some of our competitors that have been. That whose recruiting classes have been devalued that have taken a bunch of junior college players. Because I don't think people have the appropriate resource to be able to evaluate a class based off of a combination of high school guys and junior college guys. I mean, let's face it, if you sit there and get 18 guys that are rated as five and four star guys by everybody, your recruiting class is going to be rated way up top. Okay, but. Tell me they're ready, more ready than the 18 junior college players that you just brought in. And I would beg to differ. You know, I'll, I'll take the 18 junior college players because they're ready to play now. You see them on tape. You see them against college players. I mean, you see them physically. They're two years older, at least. I mean, you'd like to think that things could happen in hurry. is the last part of the answer. One of those any competitor particular? Yeah. <laughs> Do the math on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, K-State is kind of the model for this. Did you study that the first step? I'll be honest with you. When I Zayer offered me this job, and my wife and I went through our little Kansas, you know, mm-hmm. that has been well documented. I went online. I looked at their roster. I looked at our roster. Saw all their junior college kids, saw none of ours. I said, Well, pretty obvious what the formula is. Go do that. And when I saw Coach Snyder before the game this year, I just want you to know, you know I learned a lot from your model. There's a lot of things I took from it. Of course, he laughed at me. It's just you know, not the first time I've been laughed at you know, in, a joking, in a joking way. Nice, cordial conversation, but I meant it. It's out of respect to Coach Snyder, because I've I've seen a guy work that system better than he has, and that and that's the truth. What he's been able to do, he deserves he deserves major compliments for
2: it. Coach, a little off topic, away no from room. Can you talk about the event that you're meeting? at the lead center, and what that means to you to be able to. Yeah, I'm the
0: I'm the backup plan for the president. You know, the president was who they were trying to get uh, to go speak at the Boys and Girls Club function this evening because we had the Kid of the Year, you know. Um, so they, they, I'm the scrap, I'm the scrap heap on that one right there. But uh, I'm really looking forward to it because one of the main things I want to talk about with the Boys and Girls Club, well, two things I want to talk about really: uh, community service and then the. Use hand in friends compared to Boys and Girls Club as my thought methodology there. Yes, I actually even think about these things. And and the second thing I'm gonna do is is talk about recruiting. I'm gonna talk about signing day and how I what I do in recruiting, what I'm looking for as far as character and leadership like that. And I'm gonna tell them a couple things I do when I go into schools to try to find the answers to those questions. So I'm really going to talk to these young, these young adults about becoming leaders with high that character. That's really going to be just in my conversation. I hope I don't ruin them tremendously. As the fallback to the president, the president. By the way, I wasn't talking about the chancellor. I was talking about the president. You making the running back? not to be able to play. Are there any other roster occurring? Yeah, we'll worry about that the day before spring ball starts. Uh, there's several changes. Several. But not flipping from one side of the ball to the other, though. All those are just internal, internal changes. But the only guy, and I really did this, I, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with Colin But more. keys went down, and, you, you know, the medically wasn't cleared to come back and and then I talked to a couple of the junior college guys about corner and safety and those conversations you know I didn't want him to get buried because I thought coming in he's too good of a prospect to get buried walking in the door and I think that you know one of one of my plans that we're doing on offense he actually you know might be useful whether it's this year or next year gives uh, us an opportunity
2: to get him ready to go. Is that done done for Marquise? I mean, or yeah. is, yeah, okay. Uh, he, he, he had a situation which I'm not going to go
0: sure. into for, for medical, for medical, reasons sure. And medical reasons, but it was just, you know, it, hold on, this is, everyone wanted this to happen. Yeah, yeah. He wanted yeah. it to happen, his mom wanted it to happen. <coughs> yeah. You know, it did happen, so it's, you know, it's, it's this is, this is a, friendly part of the way is not a you're out of here let's, let's hide an injury and get you wrong. Right, right, right. It's in his best
2: interest to play. Sure. And I know at the end of last year, you know, you said the more the merrier with these JUCO guys and that the guys that are here better take that to heart. Uh, have you seen them take it to heart and, and and are they kicking it into gear? You know
0: it was really fun yes that Matt yesterday we went over big run on Tuesday and Thursday. Watching that versus the first time I watched these guys last year was actually comical. It was, it was real. was actually funny to watch. Not fun, funny. And I'm thinking it. it I, I'm, lo- I'm thinking about what I was looking at versus what I am looking at, and it lifted my spirits tremendously. Just so you know. <laughs> Anything else? You good? Uh, I'll see you again. I'll see you again uh, Monday before Spring Ball
2: starts.